When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on today's episode, we look back at Velarde and the Jets dumping PLD and the Kings. Plus, the NHL does something cool. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, good to be back at it here as we ask the question, where were you for Velarde Revenge Night? The Jets take down the Kings, Dubois a dud. And the top line for Winnipeg's looking pretty, pretty good after an off night in San Jose. Hey, they faced the best team in California, and then they went out and beat the LA Kings. So all in all, a pretty good couple of days for the Winnipeg Jets as they head home for an upcoming homestand after their trip out west. So we'll break it all down for you, what's happened over the last few days, both with Winnipeg and the rest of the NHL. Uh, and doing so with me once again, CJ Obese, Tyson Rowicki. Tyson. How are we doing today? Doing fantastic. We're getting getting close to the weekend. Huge sports weekend. I mean, it's can you, just... Can you believe they let us get to Friday again? I, they, they let us get to Friday again. Big mistake. What are you doing? I mean, <laughs> you, you, you've had ample warning and you still let it happen. Well, I'll tell you what. Winnipeg is uh, in a pretty good state of mind heading into the weekend. Heading into the holiday break coming up. Because even though it's a late one... The Jets storm back after a bit of a slow start and cap off that road trip with a nice little W, Tyson. So let's get into it right now. And you've actually got an interesting player comp that we'll get to in a little bit. And I think I I think I'm reading your mind on this. So I'm intrigued to see if I get it right. Um, But first, let's break it all down. The Jets go into what used to be. I was going to say went into the Coliseum and I don't think it's been that for a while now. what is it? is it? Is it still crypto.com? I don't I think don't... it's crypto anymore. I think it's back well, to Staples. Well, who could have who could have ever foreseen that coming? <laughs> Either way, the Jets go into the home of the Kings and skate out with a 5-2 victory. Obviously, the big story of the night, the top line just says, hop on board, boys, because uh, we're carrying you to two points tonight. Carter Hellebuck has something to say about that as well. Uh, but Shifley Ehlers, Velarde. After a quiet offensive night in San Jose, erupt and decimate the Kings. And I guess the, the question after this one, Tyson, I mean, not only is the win gutsy, resilient, all that stuff. What's the ceiling for this three? Because they, they look pretty damn good against one of the better performing teams across the NHL so far this season. Well, and it's funny too. Like all this, obviously, all the focus is on Gabe Velarde, and r- rightfully so too. I mean, you get obviously the revenge game, and you, you could tell too. Like it was personal. Like he was really. I love that. He, like, he, were, like, he was vicious after the game. He wanted. He, he really wanted those four points, and you can tell. But 
another guy too is that I think this is Nikolai Ehlers too with Shifley. It's just it, Nikolai Ehlers is breaking out right now, like reaching that he's taking over the Kyle Connor role right now. Just having that elite goal scoring ability, like both goals were just ridiculous shots, and just coming down with that much speed too. That all three of those guys just complement each other so well. And the thing with Velarde too is that obviously he has the skills, he has the shots, but he has that that IQ and the ability to get down low in the when the board battles. He uses his body really well too, and he's just he's just a really good hockey player. Like that's it's you describe all those things, and then he just does everything that a coach wants to and and Shifley just keeps on stirring the drink stirring the drink he's the guy that drives that line this line does have the potential to be a top 10 top 5 line I think like with the skill that those guys have and then it comes in comes the question what happens when Kyle Connor comes back like like you start to think we're doing that already eh oh yeah I I mean you start to think too because when Kyle Connor comes back that's going to be about close to a month out from the trade deadline some interesting names become available. Maybe you grab a second line center, maybe even an Elias Lindholm as a as a one two punch down the middle there. Then Jets might be a top contender in the West. I like he. I didn't even think of that. That ooh. I mean, yeah, second line center. I mean, yeah. I, just looking ahead to the deadline. I mean, I if I don't know how you pull them both off. But it feels like you're going to either have to choose between 2C or 2D. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to be able to put all of your eggs in, in both baskets there. Which route? Right now, if you had to pick, Tice. What are you I, thinking? I, I, second second I, pair D or second line center? I go second pair D. Assuming, I, and I'm not saying it would be this kind of player, but if I'm, a, I'm thinking like a Brett Pesci type. Like, one, like a player like that. And if you can have, add a player like that, I th- just think that once you get to the semifinals and the conference finals and hopefully the cup finals, all those teams have those that steady D pairs where it's just top-end guy on one pair, top-end guy on another pair, and those guys just eat minutes and are able to control the play so much more efficiently than what the Jets have right now. Like, we've had – Neil Pionk has been outstanding for large parts of this season too, but – it's just the inconsistency that you worry about, right? Like you hope you hope that this is sustainable, but it's hockey's such a volatile game that it's hard to predict. And if you can just add in another piece on that back end that really stabilizes things, I think that's more important right now. But I also think that you could add a lesser pair D that kind of stabilizes the decor as well. So that's where the question gets interesting. Yeah, like do, do you want to go high-end defenseman, low-end second liner? Or high-end second-liner, low-end defensive reinforcement. It's a it's a it's a tight call. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sure. I I've always kind of leaned towards the defense because I feel like, I mean, Vegas. Everybody points to you know their their blue line, how big they are, things like that. I'm just kind of forgetting the fact that they just had like two high-end defensemen, and then maybe the best third pair in all of hockey. Um, they did so without elite center depth behind Jack Eichel, right? So if you want to follow a path, that that does make a lot of sense there. And the one thing with, if you get a guy like Elias Lindholm too, is that you have the ability to have Connor on one line with Shifley or Lindholm that, and yeah. he was on the other. Yeah. And then that just, and with his defensive ability too, one of the most underrated players on the defensive side in like the past five years, like this guy, he's one of the, he's just super steady. 
And that just allows those guys to really open up and play that the game that suits them and get those scoring chances. And I think that I, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself too, but oh, no, they, you haven't at all Tyson, <laughs> but I do. I like the thinking of signing Lindholm long-term if you're able to, like, I just, I could see him kind of like, it seems like the jets are building that culture and they have something going where guys are willing to stay. Like they've signed this in season alone. They've signed three key parts of this team going forward. So why not? You get Lindholm in, maybe he gets a taste of it, and it's like, oh, this is actually kind of a nice place to play. Let's let's lock it down for a little bit. Yeah, the uh, the only thing is, you know, Nino had that extra year, so it bought you a bit of time. Like he might have signed anyways. I'm I'm just hesitant. To me, I would be okay with either one if the Jets acquired somebody with term. Yeah, that's that to me is more important than going the rental route. Just I, it's just. I don't know. There's so much evidence that it rarely works that I don't want to pay like a first round pick, for example, to get a guy that might be here for five weeks. Right. At, at least if you pay. And and the funny thing is the price doesn't really change all that much at the deadline. I've always felt like that's like a market inefficiency where teams pretty much spend the same for a rental or a guy with term. There's not like that much difference between the price and you can get one, maybe two playoff runs out of a guy, let alone if you could re-sign him after that. So I'm more looking towards that than maybe a specific position as of right now. But yeah, you're right. I mean, with the way that, that line played in LA, you got a little bit of flexibility up front right now. I mean, they they were just, they were so lights out all over the place. Like, And, and, and you're right, like high-end skill everywhere. I mean, that Ehlers goal where he goes off the rush and bar down, I mean, how many guys in the NHL can do that, right? Like 10 maybe at most. Uh, and that kind of overshadows Velarde making like a 90-foot pass to a guy in stride on the tape, right? Like it's they, they were so, so impressive. And look, Velarde, outside of being hurt, looks like a top-line winger. He's just – I'm trying to remember who I was – you know he kind of reminds me of actually a little bit is is – Young Nino Niederreiter. You want to do player comps, right? Like once he got traded to Minnesota and figured it out there, you know, maybe he didn't live up to his high, high end draft pick billing, but just became like an all, just like an all around pro. And I think that's like Velarde is kind of like an old soul. Like he just plays the game so intelligently. He's the defensive conscience on a line with guys that are four, five, six years older than him. And I still think we haven't seen him use his best asset yet, which is his shot. <laughs> like he's got an amazing release. And, and maybe it's just like part of coming to a new team where you don't want to be too selfish and things like that. But I'll tell you what, if, if he starts being a little selfish and ripping the puck more, yeah, that line's going to be something. And and, and Shifley and Ehlers, and I, I said this on, on Winnipeg Sports Talk earlier, there's kind of been this like, unsubstantiated rumor that Shifley doesn't love playing with Ehlers due to his unpredictability, but they've always played so well together. <laughs> it's like, even if that's the case, it doesn't matter. Like you guys just dominate on the ace when given the opportunity, it's usually just never for an extended period of time. But I think, you know, having this reborn Mark Shifley rejuvenated Nick Ehlers and then a motivated, vengeful Gabe Velarde up there on the top line. Like, they might have to, but they just very well might carry the Winnipeg Jets over this next six to eight weeks. Well, and 
last season, Nick Ehlers was off to one of the best starts of his career playing on a line with Shifley and Connor. And then he gets injured, right? Like it's, they've shown that they can be a very effective duo. But the, one of the players that Gabe Velarde reminds me of is Jeff Carter. I, okay, I, see, yeah. I, I see a lot of Jeff Carter in Gabe Velarde's game. I think Velarde has a little bit more playmaking ability, but they both kind of have that long rangey kind of, they, they don't look like they're moving too fast, but they got the long strides and they're just super skillful and underrated defensively too. Jeff Carter was always a very solid defensive forward, even early on in his career too. So I, that's that's where I see that player confident. Jeff Carter scored 46 goals one year. So not I, saying, but not saying, saying. But <laughs> it could happen. I, I'm, I'm pumped to see where the rest of the season goes for the, this team. And especially Gabe Velarde, like over this next six to eight week stretch. Yeah. I mean, just use this as a springboard, right? And and, and see where the, see where this game can, can take him over the rest of the season. Um, because he's, he's got game that there's no doubt about that. And it's funny too, Tyson, because of course in his revenge game against the LA Kings, um, have to talk about Pierre-Luc Dubois on the other side as well. I was thinking about this earlier today. There is no Winnipeg fan on the planet that if Rob Blake came up to them and was like, hey, you know, Dubois for Velarde straight up, what do you say? Nobody's taking that deal. It's crazy to, to think this, but like how much would the Kings have to add on to make a Dubois for Velarde trade a reality, you know what I mean? Like, is it I mean, like it might like what Quinton Byfield? Is that what Jets fans are going to accept? You know what I mean? Like, let alone the other stuff you got for him. But Velarde for Dubois at the moment in time looks like even just a one for one deal. If it was that, it's 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 robbery by by Chevy. Like it, it it's gonna. I mean, he's got some he's got some contenders, but this. This might be the number one trade in his in his in his book right now. The Dubois trade might even surpass what he did with Cop. You know the the Kane Myers Buffalo trade, all that stuff, and and there's a few other ones in and around that. But man, oh man, it, it's it's wild to see um, just how different those two paths have gone. Twenty five games into the season. Oh, and add on to the fact, too, that the Jets are getting a piece that they're going to use at the trade deadline to bring in another. Yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm, not even, I'm not even using that stuff, right? Like, yeah. It's crazy. It, like, that's going to be an early second, like, close to a late first-round pick. That's a high-value asset. And then you add in the fact that Alex Ayafalo has more points than Pierre-Luc Dubois does this year. Like, and I and and I follow is on a thirteen game pointless streak. Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> like, and you look at I I was looking at the cap friendly earlier today, and L A they are they could be in some trouble considering that they don't have any goalies. Like, they still don't have a goalie. If they want to compete, they're gonna have to add a a goaltender at some point. Where are you getting the money at? Even on their decor, they are gonna have to be paying Jordan Spence. I don't think he's gonna break the bank or anything, but. There's some there's some money that you're gonna have to give out there, and Brand Clark will help, but I still don't think your defense is good enough. And if you really want to yeah. compete, it just hampers you. And you got I mean, that they're, they're banking it all on this year in a, in a big way, Tyson. Right? Like, yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean, they they played good, but man, oh man. And you know what? I, this is the guy he reminds me of. A guy. Okay, okay got, wait, hold on, hold on. So th- th- we talked about this earlier. You've got a player comp for for Pierre Luc Dubois, right? Yeah. Okay, can I guess? Because I'm 99% sure I know what you're thinking. Yeah. 
It's not an NHL player. No, it isn't an a NHL player. All right, you go, whatever. Well, I want, I'm curious to hear yours now, but I'm I'm going Kevin Hayes. He is playing. Oh. A, he signs a big contract, gets into the big big lights in the big city that he wants to be in, and kind of goes on autopilot. And even you look at Kevin Hayes' numbers this year with St. Louis. He has more points than Pierre Luc Dubois does. Like, th- like this is Pierre Luc Dubois has been has been a shadow of himself this year. It's really crazy. I like. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's the really? LA, like, oh, I yeah, maybe I kind of we having a bit of an idea, but yeah, this is it, this is so out of character for him. I I just didn't think it would be this to this level. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it is still early too. Like, I mean. But but this is what he is, right? Like three different teams now. He's he's talented when he wants to be. Doesn't always want to be. That's how you get. That's how you get an eighty-five to ninety-point player putting up sixty points a year. Because we saw, like, I mean, that that playoff series against Vegas was exhibit A of of the ups and downs of Dubois. Right, game one, he's by far the best player on the ice against the current Stanley Cup champions. And then he's Melt Carton for four games after that. My player comp was actually, Kevin Hayes is pretty good. Um, I thought for sure you were going to say James Harden. <laughs> that is pretty awesome. It's too easy. It's too easy, right? The trade requests. It's true. I mean, Harden, at least, Harden at least has an M- at least one MVP. So, I mean, like there's that, but. Oh. He's got a little James Harden in him too. He I thought that, that, yeah. that's a good cop. He's the James Harden of the NHL. We'll see where he goes next. Yeah, maybe, maybe like two more trade requests, and then we can call him James Harden. Yeah. Right now, Kevin Hayes is a pretty good one too. There, I'm, we got that Montreal 2025 watch for Dubois. <laughs> it might happen. I'm not. You can't. You can't. You literally cannot discount that being a possibility. Um. So yeah, at, le- at least on this night. Valardi and the Jets one up Dubois and the Kings uh, in that four or sorry five two victory. Again, hockey karma gods giving Mark Scheifele back to back empty netters after standing up for Cal Connor. Just keep that in mind. Um, you know, it, again, it's still early. They've only been together for two games. You do wonder a little bit about the second line, and I mean, where the scoring is going to come from outside of the top unit. Kind of quietly as well, and maybe this speaks to a shakeup across the line here, Tyson. But the once unstoppable Lowry, Niederreiter, and Appleton trio has kind of, you know, slowly fallen back to earth here. And they've, you know, I mean, look, they, they get tough matchups, all that stuff, no doubt about it. But I mean, they they're they're not producing as much as they used to, and they're starting to lose the shot share a lot more consistently now as well. You do wonder if maybe to help elevate the second line scoring, if maybe you do, maybe you just do a Nino for Iafalo swap, right? And like I mentioned, their Iafalo's 13 game pointless streak might not be the worst thing to do there and give Perfetti a bit of a, a bit more of a security blanket in, in Nino. And maybe just a switch like that could help to give a bit of a spark to the middle six there. So, so something to keep in mind. Uh, Kupari's starting to skate as well. So, I mean, that might be an option for the Jets' fourth line sometime in the near future. Uh, but there, I mean, look, the top line's going to have an off night or two over this next little bit, and they're going to need 
the middle six at the very least to, to step up and, and contribute, especially if the power plays going to continue to struggle here. The other part of it though, Tyson, and, and you alluded to this in the previous episode, where are the goals going to come from? Where are the goals going to come from? Well, maybe they don't come from the forwards or the defense. Maybe they come in the form of goals against prevented by your Vesna goaltender. And that's what Connor Hellebuck is right now. He is, if, if there's a, a Vesna tracker, Connor Hellebuck started off a little low and that stock is bye, bye, bye right now because he is elevating his game to another level. And don't be shocked if that lengthy streak the Jets have of games with less than three goals against continues here. And Connor Hellebuck is a big, big part of that. Yeah, and you look at all the other league goalies in the NHL, like Shesterkin, Sorokin, they've, they've kind of struggled a little bit to start the year. Like, even Andre hasn't been up to snuff totally. Like, there hasn't been a lot of consistent play from goaltending across the league. So I think that Hellebuck's, he's got to be in the top three at least right now. And yeah. then you add on you add on that he signed that contract and it's already paying dividends. It's just, that's, this is exactly what you want out of your Vezna-level goalie, and he's providing Vezna-level play. Yeah, I mean, you can't trust goalies in the best of times, Tyson. They're just untrustworthy people, as as we know all too well. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, looking just quickly, I mean, it, it's wild. Cam Talbot's still way, way up there right now. But, I mean, Aiden Hill, 10-2 and in a 935 save percentage. He's the clear clubhouse leader at the moment there. Swayman, once again, doing his thing. Connor Ingram is just the hell <laughs> right like him and him and Arizona right now are a great story and then I think Hellebuck is kind of in the mix with like the the Demko's the Carter Hart's maybe some of those guys right and it, it might yeah I think Aiden Hill right now is the the rest of the field's gonna need him to to step back a little bit to try to catch up with them because he's kind of doing like a Linus Allmark right now um it's crazy to see like how far Aiden Hill has come. Like he was like the third string goalie at the start of last season. And now all like of a sudden, with, uh, with with Vegas, right? Yeah, and now yeah, all of a sudden, just, they just like all their goalies are like we just need a guy. Yeah, like, and no. now all of a sudden he's leading the Vesna voting, yeah. like or Vesna odds. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Yep, just backstop Vegas to a cup, no big deal. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how the Vesna plays out over the next little bit. One thing is, you know, Hellebuck's probably going to be one of the leaders in games played. So if those numbers start to pile up. He is definitely going to be tough to ignore and maybe a likely finalist for the award at the end of the season. He doesn't care, though. It's all about the one big one at the end. That's right, the William Jennings, I mean, the Stanley Cup. Um, <laughs> and so the Winnipeg Jets have put themselves in a nice spot to uh, at least get into the dance right now, uh, even with the loss of Kyle Connor against Anaheim, that two-in-one stretch this week. Has them just two points back of the Avalanche. And looky here, the two clubs meet up Saturday night in Winnipeg for the first time this season. We'll see if the Jets can uh, replicate that big victory in Denver earlier on uh, this month. And then schedule eases up a little bit after that. Montreal, Detroit, Chicago all on tap there. So we'll see if the Jets can take advantage of their upcoming schedule, which includes four straight at home. Now to the rest of the NHL, Tyson. A shocking development. The NHL legitimately does something awesome. I still see people complain about, maybe it's just like reflex, right? 
<laughs> where like an NHL announcement comes out and your first thought is like, Batman sucks. This is dumb. But like you after you look at it, you're like, oh, wait, no, this this is amazing. But the skills comp gets a complete revamp. And I just don't understand how you can't think this is maybe the coolest thing this league has done in, in decades. I mean, it's just a, it, it, it's a home run, isn't it? Yeah, 100 percent. Like you add in the million dollar payout too. like the, some of those guys like the, I guarantee you that they're going to be trying. Because like some of those guys, that's like a four a quarter of their salary. Well, yeah, like don't don't be don't be too cool for a million. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, that exactly. that that's that's like the lamest thing you could do is like, oh, I'll just kind of come out here like, whoops, didn't do well. Like it's a million bucks, okay? Yeah. And if you want to do charity, whatever it is, buy a buy a mini yacht, like whatever it might be, like a million's a million bucks. Come on, yeah. Well, it's just everything about it's just awesome, like. You add in, I, I believe it's four fan vote players, right? Eight are yeah, so it's, it's eight, eight selected by the NHL, and I believe they're all like all stars that are selected of those eight, and then four fan votes, which I will assume is a fan vote of like oh, we're not gonna get you know Chris Thorburn in the uh, the skills comp or something like that. You know? Oh what I no, mean? it it has to be everyone. They have to allow every, no. everyone to be available. No. I, and, and if they do, I am petitioning for Radko Gudas to get in that skills <laughs> no. competition. Radko Gudas might have a legitimate shot. He's definitely going to be in the hardest shot contest. He's gonna he's gonna be in the mix there. Then all of a sudden, like who knows, he could get going. I think he could get going. Oh, it just adds a little entertainment layer to it. And that's no, it, add, it adds stupidity to it. And no, unless you're doing okay. biggest hip check and thickest beard. I don't want to see Radko Gudis at the All-Star game or the skills. They The NHL got lucky with John Scott. Let's never do that again. Let's never tempt. I don't. I just don't want to have some guy go out there and like embarrass himself Think- in front of national TV. Like, let's just get let's get the best of the best here. People are actually going to be watching this outside of the hockey world. So let's let's try to let's try to show ourselves with some class here, Tyson. Think, think if you get a guy who's making nine hundred and fifty grand on his contract and he gets a chance to go play for, you don't think that he's going to be going balls to the wall. Well, that like, he might win fastest skater, whoever that, like, like, yeah, you gotta, <laughs> that, that would be, that I would be intrigued by that. I wonder if they're like, I wonder if there's a guy in the NHL because you know how the NBA will put like, it's just some random people in the dunk comp, but they're just, you know, crazy hops and crazy. I, I wonder if there's a guy that makes like around league minimum, that skill wise is just like insane. But like once the game, like the game is too fast for the, you know what I mean? Like, I, I wonder Morgan, if there's like a Morgan Frost might be a really good one. Nah, I, I don't like his play when he plays, but you could like, he's very skilled. It just doesn't translate to the game. Now I came up with a list of what I think the NHL should do on this. Obviously it's not going to include the fan vote. So it'll be a little bit different. Um, but let's just talk a little bit about who might show up in the skills comp this year. I wonder I wonder if Kyle Connor would have been a choice. Like he legitimately like fastest skater, check, accuracy, check, stick handling. Like he he could have been that would have been a little bit intriguing to see if he would have been a guy that was involved there, but I don't think we'll see any Winnipeg Jets make the cut. Um I think as much as I hate to say this, 
you probably got to go with the generationals. Like I imagine McDavid, Bedard, and Crosby are kind of like the no-brainers. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. You have to. And then it's in Toronto. So you have Austin Matthews, no-brainer. So those four are like the easy, easy ones. I mean, I, I, how many defensemen do you want in this? I, I you got to put Kale McCarr in there. Yeah. Because his skill is through the roof. But then, like, do you only keep it to one per team? Because then that knocks out Nathan McKinnon. Same with, like, Dreisaitl and Marner and Nylander, right? Like, it's it's a little tough there. Um, you probably got to go Jack Hughes. Yeah. Probably. You probably should have someone from Vegas. And Jack Eichel would show himself pretty well in that. And then you get, like, the Eichel-McDavid thing all over again. Pasta's probably got to be there. Yeah. I Although I like I like Brad Marchand being the villain of the skill. <laughs> like that, that as far as like storylines, that kind of intrigues me. But you probably go pasta. I think you go with one of the Vancouver guys, either Pedersen. either Pedersen or Hughes, like if depending if they want more defensemen in it. The one guy I really want to see, and I hope the NHL does this. And I think I think he's the oldest player in the NHL. But we need Joe Pavelski in this thing too. Like you, you need an old, old horse to step up here and try to show up for, for the millennials, right? Like, I, I is he is he forty yet? I mean, he won the accuracy thing at the Skills Comp like a year or two ago. I I think he's like thirty five right now because that's the 03 draft. Thirty nine years oh, old. Thirty five. Thirty nine. Yeah, thirty nine. We gotta get Joe in there. <laughs> I, I want like I want an old guy to cheer for. I think that would be cool. What about Ryan Suter? Is he the oldest of the NHL? No, he's not. <laughs> Mark Giordano is, by the way. Oh, I'd, I'd be okay with getting Gio in. I would. I just want I, there needs to be a little bit of an entertainment factor in there. Like maybe get even. You get Matthews as one member of the Leafs, and then Ryan Reeves as another, and he goes out oh, there and and, and shows off his skills. <laughs> You're telling me you wouldn't you wouldn't want to watch that? Yes. Like, it's like why would I want to watch that? You you can look away. Yes, I can. I, not only will I look away, I will change the channel. I think it would be. I think every skills comp needs an underdog that people can get behind, and I think the yeah, NHL the old fine. man, the old man Pavelski. Come on, yeah, but that's like that's like almost like a sobs. That's like a sympathy. Oh, and oh, but Ryan Reeves is so entertaining. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, it's like someone everyone can make fun of. No, no you don't you, want that. You need that social media engagement. No, the, the NBA doesn't put like the smallest player in the dunk comp and like, hey, look at this guy. He can't even jump and dunk it. Like, no, yeah, that would be did. terrible. And it was Spud Webb. Yeah, he, well, he won it. I mean, that's that's a little different. They didn't get some guy who can't touch the rim to go up and dunk. Yeah, but no. if you if you you'll never know unless you put him in. Ah, uh, no, nah, I think I know. I am pretty. I feel pretty confident about this one. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what the NHL does with that. I think it's a great idea. I think. I mean, we'll we'll see how much play it gets down south. But you've got to, like, at, at these all-star games and skill comps, you've got to find ways to get these guys invested. And it sounds like the league talked with McDavid, I mean, about this, and then also being like, please try. <laughs> like, please, <laughs> please help us. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. So Maybe, yeah, I, I, like, it, adds, it adds the competitiveness to it, right, when you go head-to-head like that. So I, I think it's going to be great. I hope they do my idea for the actual all-star game as well where 
you make it like a 2v2 bracket, right? You have teams of two going head-to-head against another team of two. First goal wins, you move on to the next round, and you keep going through until there's one team left. I would like to see that, but I'll I'll settle for the skills comp revamp right now. It, it's about time they switch it up because, like, the last – Last year's, oh my gosh, that skills got. But remember that video of Mitch Marner, like the Miami Vice thing that they were doing, and everyone was so everyone was so confused at what just happened. (laughs) Like, yeah, they need to go away from that stuff, and they're moving in the right direction right now. Yeah, we we can move past the dated references to like '90s, 2000s (laughs) movies, and you know, like let's just like I mean that it's a skills comp, just like. Make yeah. it about the best skills. That's it. You don't have to do all jump through all these hoops and, and bells and whistles and all that. Just have the best in the league showcase their skills. You might be surprised at, at how well that will play out for them. So um, I'm always intrigued too, to see how much personality these guys show. But I think at the very least, you just get the competitive juices flowing. And I think it'll make for pretty good TV. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I'll give, I'll give a stick tap, though, to the NHL for coming up with this one because it's a good idea. And um, not always good ideas coming out of the league office, <laughs> Department of Player Safety, me and is a penalty. Uh, so at the very least, they get a win with the skills comp. Um, but that's where we'll end the episode here, Tice. Let's get into the weekend. They let us get to Friday. Then let's get on with Friday then. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates here on the Hockey Podcast Network. We'll get back at it next week, Tuesday morning, breaking down. Most importantly, that big one for the Jets with the Central Division lead on the line as they take on the Avalanche at Canada Life Center. Following that one, the Jets will continue their four-game homestand, and they'll do so Monday night against the Montreal Canadiens. So we'll have that game broken down for you guys, fresh and ready to go on Tuesday morning. Until then, though, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay safe and have a great time, everybody. We'll talk to you Friday, or sorry, we'll talk to you Tuesday morning. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki with us. Have a great weekend, everybody. Peace.